morning, y'all. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, we're excited that you're here. If you have a child that is under four years old and you would like to send them to the nursery, they can go hang out with Brett and Katie uh, downstairs. They're welcome to go. If you want to keep them in here, that's fine. I'm good with it. Um, there's still coffee, bottled water. Feel free to get up when you need to. Uh, get what you need. This morning, we're going to continue walking through our six values. The bridge has six values that the Lord's given us. And last week, we talked about experiencing joy. It's important to us that people, when they encounter us as the bridge church, that they experience some joy. Uh, there are some things that believers should be against, but believers have a lot more to dance about than they do to frown about. And uh, we need to be people where, where people encounter us, they experience some joy. Next week, we're going to talk about loving the fatherless, which is another one of our values here at the bridge. We're passionate about that. Uh, so I hope you can come back and hear how we are planning to love the fatherless in our community and hopefully around the world as the bridge church. Today, we are talking about another one of our values um, this one is, is connecting with the uninitiated. And I've titled this message this morning, Lost and Valuable. Um, if you look up the word uninitiated in the dictionary, it's going to say something like people without special knowledge. Uh, so there's some things about church that, that kind of scare some people that maybe didn't, didn't grow up in church. Maybe they haven't experienced church. And, and they don't know what to expect when they walk into the doors of a church. They're, they're a little scared. We might have them stand up and call on them. I mean, there's some weird things out there that people believe we might do to them. Uh, we might have them pray. We might have them read. Um, one thing y'all need to know is we're not going to start handling snakes until our launch day on March 31st. So you got a few weeks to work on your faith. Um, but um, please don't tell anybody I said that, okay? We, we're, if, if somebody brings in a snake, Dustin's out. So, um, but I mean, there is that stuff out there that scares people about church. And we believe the Lord has called the bridge to, to make us people that see it as our job to connect with people who, who don't have a church home. We're calling those people uninitiated. They don't have special knowledge they don't understand church. Um, we see it as our job to connect with them and, and do it uh, intentionally. So that, that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a ball cap, and some of you may not have noticed that until I just said it, and some of you may be freaking out that I'm wearing a ball cap while I'm preaching. It may be that it's the Yankees. Uh, th that has something to do with, with the message this morning. So don't let your offense tie you up. Hear me out. Uh, listen to the message and, and don't let that bother you too bad. 
If you will, go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. Sometimes when we're talking about the uninitiated, we kind of get it in our mind that people aren't believers or followers of the Lord Jesus or they're not a part of a church because it's their fault. There's a church on every corner. They have every option to go. Um, But I think that's a lie. And I think sometimes we use that excuse to justify our inability to connect with them and reach them. Don't let that tie you up. We've given people labels because they're not a part of a church. We've even made them some of our jokes because they're not a part of a church. And in a sense, we've kind of devalued them. Because they're not a part of a a church. I want you all to hear me say this. The bridge church is not about anything goes. We're we're not saying that we're never going to address sin. We're not saying that there's not a point where we have to address sin or talk about sin. We do believe there's some things that we might do as church that turn people off and and they really don't matter to God. There's a fine line in in trying to pave the way for for a person who doesn't know Jesus and, and just allowing anything to go without addressing problems in their life. We need to hear from Jesus on how to walk that line. Um, and stay holy, but also keep the heart of God, the missionary heart of God in our life and in our church. We need to hear from Jesus today. Luke chapter 15. It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. I hope you have your Bibles, though. To give a little background, I want to read verses 1 and 2 together. All the tax collectors and sinners were approaching to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eat with them. We eats with them. Jesus had uh, he'd been teaching some hard things before this. I mean, he'd been talking about the cost of following following him and he had built up this crowd of people who were following him and and they weren't church people. They were tax collectors and sinners. The Bible calls them that. Um, the Pharisees had a problem with it. So there's these two, two groups of people. You've got the people that are tax collectors and what the Bible calls sinners. And you've got the Pharisees, which are church people, uh, religious people. And the religious people are complaining about the people that are following Jesus. And their complaint is, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. I don't know what it might have been about the tax collectors and sinners that the Pharisees had a problem with. Um, Maybe their language was vulgar. 
And, and the religious people don't like to hear bad words. Maybe their lifestyle was offensive to church people. I don't know. I don't know what was going on. But the church people saw the tax collectors and sinners who are, are very much uninitiated. And they said, hey, this guy's a bad guy because he welcomes sinners. So you got these two groups of people. you got church people and you've got sinners. Jesus, they actually vocalize it this time. They say what their problem is. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Jesus tells three parables. A parable is not a true story, but it is a story that reveals a heavenly truth. It helps us understand something that we really can't understand. He tells three parables about a lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost son. If you're a part of a home group uh, that are start, that's starting this week, you're going to talk about all three in your home group. But this, week, this, this morning, we're going to look at one, the lost son. Verse 11. Jesus also said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate I have coming to me. So he distributed the assets to them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate in foolish living. After he had spent everything, a severe, a severe famine struck that country and he had nothing. Then he went to work for one of the citizens of the country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. He longed to eat his field from the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one would give him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food, and here I am dying of hunger? I'll get up, go to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and went to his father. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran, threw his arms around his neck, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father told his servants, Quick, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then bring the fattened calf and slaughter it and let's celebrate with a feast. Because this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. As he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he summoned one of the servants, questioning what these things meant. Your brother is here, he told him, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and didn't want to go in, so his father came out and pleaded with him. But he replied to his father, Look, I've been slaving many years for you, and I've never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a goat so that I could celebrate with my friends. And when, the, and when this son of yours came, who has devoured your assets with prostitutes, you slaughtered the fattened calf for him. Son, he said, 
You are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we have to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Will you pray with me, please? God, I pray that you would bless the the teaching of your word. Uh, The person that is speaking this morning is inept, um, and I need your help. So I pray that your spirit would come and speak to hearts in a way that only you can. We love you. We need you. In Jesus' name, amen. So the way we want, I want to walk through this, first of all, this story is packed with truth that we could look at. We don't have time to look at all that, um, at everything that this scripture says. But I do want to bring out three things as it relates to us connecting with the uninitiated in our community And then as I talk through that point, I want to give you a little bit of application for each point as we go. So there won't be application at the end. I'm going to make a point, and then we're going to apply it a few ways, and then we'll move to the next point. The first thing that I I want us to talk about is that if we're going to connect with the uninitiated in our community, our compassion must become shocking, There's a couple things I want you to see uh, before we talk about the application. There were two things that caused this this, this young son's plight. It's in verses 13 and 14. Look look at them again. Not many days later, the younger son gathered together all he had and traveled to a distant country where he squandered his estate and foolish living. After he had spent everything, everything, a severe famine struck the country and he had nothing. What caused this younger son to get in a shape that he's willing to eat food from a pig's trough? What, 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 what were the two things? Did you see them? You can, you can talk to me. He squandered, he squandered his money, his estate. What Famine. One was poor choices, and one was an environmental thing he could not control. One thing he could control, one thing he could not control. Most of the time when we look at people in our community that are overcome with problems in their life, we see their choices. But we don't necessarily see an environment that made them vulnerable to those choices. And it makes our compassion fall. We see they made a bad choice, but we don't see that may, what may have caused that bad choice. We, we, we may not see um, the things that if we were put in those circumstances, we might be in the same shape. Friends, if we're going to have compassion to connect with uninitiated people in our life, we need to think about, yes, they made poor choices and acknowledge those. But maybe there was an environmental thing too that caused them to be vulnerable to poor choices that we may have made if we were in the same circumstance. If you want to have shocking compassion, you better look at the whole story. 
There's something else I want you to see in these, these verses, verses 20 through, 20 through 24. I want you to see the Father. L- listen to what happens to the Father or how the Father responds. So he got up, the son got up and went to his father, but while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran through his arms around his neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Listen to what the father does. But the father told his servants, he did not even respond to his son coming back and saying, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. The father hears that and he turns and he says, bring my son a robe. Bring my son a fattened calf. Let's celebrate. Too many times we, we, we see people in their shape. We see people in... in and whatever's going on in their life, and we want to we touch that sin. We want to address that sin. If you would stop doing this, this, this wouldn't be going on in your life. When maybe they just need a little grace. When maybe, when we see a step in their life, we say, let's celebrate. I wonder how the uninitiated would respond if we quit calling out sin constantly and we just gave a little grace every now and then if the bridge is really going to have a shot at connecting with uninitiated people in our life unchurched people in our community people who are far from God in our community grace has got to define us you address sin right off the bat you just turn that brother off and he's gone now The heart of the father sees a step and he says, let's celebrate. Turn the grill on. Bring a robe. There's there's three ways I want us to start to apply this. Um... I know, I know that's a lot, and, and I don't want you to focus on all of them, but maybe pick one and start to apply it in your own life, and then maybe pick up another. The first thing that we have to do if this compassion is going to be shocking in our life is we have to hate our own sin more than we hate the sin of the uninitiated. Y'all, we're we're never more like the enemy of our God than when we're ready to condemn sin in another person's life while ours is left undealt with. You want to turn a person off that does not know Jesus? Start addressing sin in their life while you're laughing at sin in your own life. We do this in a lot of ways. Believers are eager to call out homosexuality in our world. And we laugh at racism in our own life. 
and we're telling a world that your sin is worse than mine. My sin's okay, your sin is not. We will not connect with uninitiated as long as that's where we stand. We call out addicts during a gossip session. You want to reach the uninitiated? You want to have a shocking compassion? You hate your own sin worse than you hate anybody else's. You start there. You deal with your own life. You deal with your own stuff. You deal with your own junk. Then you might can talk to somebody else about the speck. Second, don't begin by addressing the sin of the uninitiated. We've we've talked about this some, but I think we need to learn from the Father in this. Y'all, in this story, we're neither, we're, we're not the Father. We're either the prodigal son, the lost son, or we're the self-righteous son. We're one of the two. We are not the father. We don't rescue anybody. But the only way we can be right is if our heart aligns with the father's. You cannot be right by saying, I know God's like this, but I'm different. That's not right. The only way we can be right is if our heart aligns with the father. Whatever son we are, The only way we can be right is if our heart aligns with the Father. And His heart begins with grace. Don't start with another person's sin. I'm not saying we never address sin. We just don't start there. Think on that. Number three. When we must address sin, let's do it with a tear in our eye instead of a scowl on our faces. There comes a time where we have to address sin in another person's life. But if I address sin with a tear in my eye, it says to them, please don't embrace your sin because I love you and it's killing you. If we do it with a scowl on our faces, it says, please don't embrace your sin because it threatens me and how I like my life. People of compassion care about the other person more than they care about themselves. Y'all, if 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 we become, if if the Bridge Church becomes a people of shocking compassion, the world cannot help but see it because it is not there. Everybody else is looking for you to mess up so they can throw that thumb down on you. And if we're celebrating your steps and if we're embracing you in all of your mess, the world can't help but see it. And Jesus will be lifted up and exalted. Let's become a people of shocking compassion. Number two. Point number two. Our traditions must become minimized. That's the point of the ball cap. Y'all hang in there with me. I know y'all traditional folk. Verse 20. The father in this story sees his son a long way off smelling like pig junk. And he runs to him. 
When he sees his son, he sprints to him. Most of y'all may know this, but in that time, it was not okay for older dudes to run. I don't know why, uh, but that was not the tradition. Older dudes didn't run. I like that tradition. (laughs) I believe it. I'm clinging to it. If you see me run, you better run faster because something's behind me. (laughs) But in, in this case, he sees his son way off and he runs to him. Not culturally acceptable in that world. And when the Pharisees would have heard the story, they would have said that he ran? He ran? Um, He ran. He threw off everything. He threw off his tradition. He threw off anything that he he ever knew uh, to be traditional. He, He let it go. Have y'all ever have y'all ever worked in a pig pen? Miss <laughs> Sherry did. Uh, she can cook a pig too, if you don't know. However it comes. And whatever part. Um in a pig pen you don't wash the smell off your hands. You can try, but you wear that smell off. And if he's eating in the pods, if he's trying to eat of the pods, he probably got that, man, he's probably got pig mess all over him. But the the father thought him so valuable that he sprinted to him, and it says he wrapped his his arms around him in all of his mess. We can't let any, everything and anything go here at the bridge. Um, we have to become really good at distinguishing what is traditional and what is biblical. Amen. What the Lord Jesus says in his word, what he commands us to do, we're going to keep on doing that. But stuff that mom and daddy might have taught us, that shuts the doors for people that might have come, we're going to lay that aside. Yeah. Um, I'm wearing a ball cap because if that helps people know that this is a real setting, I'm good with that. It has nothing to do with how much I respect my job or being the mouthpiece of God. I want to honor Him in all I do. But if you look in God's word, he's not all that concerned about ball caps, but he is about the uninitiated. He loves them enough to to command his people to set all that junk aside so people can embrace him. To apply this point, I want to ask you to do three more things, or one of three things. Think through any traditions you may have. Think through any traditions you may have and how they may affect the uninitiated. Sometimes I think we just do stuff because we do it and we form a habit. 
and we don't even think about how it may affect people in the world that are disconnected from church. I'm just asking you to think through them. What are the things that matter? What are the things that don't matter? Number two, get rid of any traditions that are not biblical and may close doors for others. If you're concerned about ball caps and somebody walks in that door wearing a ball cap and, the fir- and, and maybe, maybe they've got a bunch of baggage in their life and the first thing that you address is, hey man, this is a church, take your hat off. And they got so much other baggage in your life, and that's what you address is a hat. Man, don't, don't throw that wall up for somebody. Let them walk in here and be real. I want to ask you to be as, as genuine as you possibly can on Sunday mornings. I don't want to be any different today than I am on Tuesday at Walmart. I don't want our kids to see me up here on stage being some kind of preacher talking dude. Thou shalt. I mean, um, our kids don't need to see that. They need to see real people who love the Lord Jesus. They need to see Jesus affecting our lives every day, not some Sunday performance. Don't perform for anybody, be genuine. Set your traditions aside. Make new traditions that open new doors for new people. Um, If you have a brother that doesn't feel comfortable in how he's dressed coming into this place, you dress like him if you need to. Keep a ball cap on on your dashboard if that needs to be your new tradition. So that if you've got somebody coming that doesn't necessarily know how they're supposed to dress, you can throw that ball cap on. Um... I'm not asking you to, uh, to be anything other than yourself, the person you are on Tuesday at the bridge on Sunday mornings. Last point, and then we're going to be done. Our self-righteousness must be dealt with. If we're going to connect with the uninitiated in our community, our self-righteousness must be dealt with. So in verses 25 through 32, this older brother hears the party for the younger brother. He, he asks what's going on with it all, uh, but I kind of think that he probably has a pretty good idea what's going on. Uh, he finds out that the father's celebrating the return of his lost son, and he gets mad about it. Uh, this part of the story kind of causes some conflict in me, because I don't want to be like that dude. Because I can see him becoming the villain, but I'm a little bit like that dude. Kids in the room, if you're at the house cleaning, doing what you're supposed to do, and your brother or sister gets off in the ditch, runs off, gets muddy, been playing with turtles, mama can't find him, She's freaking out, and you in there cleaning your room, probably listening to K-Love, <laughs> chilling, and that brother's down there, he's, he's probably doing something really bad, I won't give you any ideas, but he, I mean, they're probably doing something crazy down in the ditch, and he walks in, 
to the house and he is filthy, ragged, muddy. And you've been cleaning your room and your mama says, Oh my goodness, you, I'm so glad you're home. And she celebrates him. And she said, Oh, we're going to get some pizza tonight. We're going to have a party for him because he's back. Don't you feel, I mean, you've been listening to Caleb. <laughs> Probably been praying for a hedge of protection around you, brother. Clean, cleaning your room, doing what mom and daddy told you to do, and she celebrates him. Don't that make a little, kind of causes a little tension to rise up. I mean, it's kind of throwdown time. Like, I ain't going to clean my room no more. I'm going to listen to K97 or something on the radio. I kind of connect with that guy. Now, you celebrating the guy that did everything wrong. And here I am doing everything right. At the bridge, when we get serious about connecting with the uninitiated, we're going to go get people that have been doing everything wrong. And y'all, it may be somebody that 35 years ago cussed you out. It may be somebody that that mistreated you in your life while they were far from Jesus. And and they may be here a week, they don't trust to Jesus, and they make video announcements on the screen. And, And that older brother may rise up inside of you and say, I've been here serving at the bridge, I've been paying my tithe, I've been doing everything right, I've been listening to K Love, praying, setting up, tearing down, all that stuff. And that brother done got on video announcements. That older brother can start rising up in you if we don't watch it. Because if we're serious about getting the uninitiated, there are going to be some people with some past in here. There are going to be some people that cut you off, that shove their cart, Walmart over in front of you. Wouldn't get out of your way at Walmart. Wouldn't put their cart up. It's in the parking spot you're trying to get. If we're serious about reaching the uninitiated, we're going to have to watch that spirit of that older brother in our lives. Two points to this and then we're done. Or two applications to this. Last week, um, I said teach yourself the gospel to experience that joy in your life. The way to keep that younger brother mentality down is to continue to teach yourself the gospel. You remind yourself that you are an undeserving son or daughter that has been rescued by the grace of the Lord Jesus. Don't let that older brother rise up in you. Number two, forgive, especially the uninitiated, quickly, thoroughly, and passionately. If we can't forgive people that acted apart from Jesus Christ in their life, we will never last at the bridge. If we're reaching people and we're not willing to forgive them, we'll never last. I want to encourage you to be intentional about forgiveness quickly, 
thoroughly, 100%. Let it go. Um, When we live this story, when we live the story of the lost son, and we start going to lunch with people uh, that that everybody in this community, y'all know that people in Wynn talk. I know y'all don't, but I mean some people in Wynn, I've heard they talk. Um, When you start having lunch with people that has a name in this community, there's going to be people that look at you and say, hey, that guy welcomes and eats with sinners. What better label to have than that one that Jesus had? I'm willing to be labeled with Jesus. Don't let that bother you. Friend, if, if you walked in this room this morning and you're coming off a high or you're recovering from a hangover or whatever else you may have done, and you feel completely unworthy of a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're right. But when you take a step toward him and you say, Father, I've sinned and I need you. (laughs) He says, get this man a rope. He's done it to me over and over and over again. I've experienced this. Let's celebrate. Wherever you may find yourself this morning in the middle of all your sin, never having a relationship with Jesus Christ, you take that step toward him to say, Father, I've sinned, I I own this, I repent from this. And he wants to lavish his grace on you through the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And there's not a soul in this room that wouldn't celebrate you for doing that today. We're going to sing a couple more songs. I hope this message helps you worship better in the couple more songs. But if you need to visit with me about a relationship with Jesus, or if you need to just say, I I need to talk to you about um, my self-righteousness, I'm going to be in the back of the room, and you can come see me. Let's pray together and then we'll sing a couple more songs. Dear Lord Jesus, you're so good to us. I am so thankful that you were a God that saw Dustin in the pit with pigs and I took a step of repentance and faith towards you and somehow you declared me forgiven and right through the blood of your son Jesus. I pray for each person in this room. I pray for the kids in this room. I pray for the moms and dads in this room. Father, will you become super real in their life today? You are, but I I pray they would feel that. I pray they would experience your grace, experience your might and your power today. The only reason we care about reaching the uninitiated is because that's your heart and we worship you. 
I pray you'd make every heart align with your task today. In Jesus' name, amen.